Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Good Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the 5 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the Silent Witness Coordinator. And before we launch into it, I want to first thank Bonneville for this time each and every week. Now, uh, if you've ever listened to the show, you probably heard me say this time and time again. It's nice when we're joined by people I consider friends because it really doesn't feel like work. In fact, when I try to describe people what a day was like, they're surprised because they think you just go in and talk on the radio and they don't realize how much planning goes into these shows. But this one didn't require much planning because it. I get to hang out with a friend and a coworker and somebody who recently left us. So the community probably knows Mercedes Fortune, one of the Phoenix Police Public Information Officers. Um, and a lot of people just know her by Mercedes. And so today I'm joined by Mercedes. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Now, when we talk about public information officer, you've come in on the show before and we've talked about what an endless job it is. And I don't know if people, when they hear that, feel sorry for those of us who who signed up for that because we signed up for it. But you signed up for that job recognizing the time commitment, but you took it to a whole different level. And candidly, I think it's because you care. Can you talk a little bit about having done this now for four or five years as a public information officer? How would you even begin to describe that job to someone? I think in a million years for me personally, and I've been an officer for about 25 years, I will tell you that never in my wildest dream that I think hey, I'm going to be on TV or I'm going to be talking on behalf of the department, you know, on on different matters. Never. And I think to me that's that's been one of the most interesting aspects of that job is that believing that you do your your words matter. What you say is so important, not only just to our community, but obviously to our officers. And there I said the word I said. I told Jamie earlier before we got started that I used the word obviously a lot. And then I used I didn't even catch it. Um, so I first when we when I became a PIO, I had um, a really great opportunity to work with senior officers that were in that position as well, like uh, Sergeant John Howard, Sergeant Vince Lewis, who is now a Lieutenant Vince Lewis, and they were just great mentors. And really thinking ahead of how we could communicate better and what information we could share was one of the biggest challenges. And moving forward, we use social media a lot. And, and I think most people, if they turn on the TV or, as you mentioned, social media, and they see a public information officer talking, they assume you go in, you do a couple minutes of TV every day. What they may not see is the tremendous amount of time commitment. And to everyone who signed up for a public information officer role, it's a time commitment away from their families because even when they're home, they're they're really not there. You're having to monitor the email. People are calling at all hours with questions or the inevitable call out. You managed to do that for years, but it has to take a toll personally, professionally, where your time probably doesn't feel like your time. Did you ever look at it like that, or were you able instantly to find that balance? I think I struggled with the balance in the beginning because I wanted to. I, it's it's my it's my personality. I I give everything that I do a hundred and ten percent. So I'm not surprised that I did this with this job as well. Um, I remember. You know, being on phone calls or looking at a phone call at 11 o'clock at night because there was something that needed to be addressed. And so understanding that is part of this job and part of the position itself. And it it didn't bother me because I thought it was just part of what we do. And 
to this day, I learned so much. And I know I probably want to, if I go back a couple of years, I probably said, ah, you know what, I probably spent way too much time on something. Um, But I think it, it just goes back to also showing my kids how important something is and how much you give to that that dream or that ambition or that goal. It just It's about just work ethic. Somebody once said, be where your feet are. When you're with your family, be with your family. When you're at work, be at work. But in your line of work, um, and I'm happy recently you left for another opportunity, but as a public information officer, you, you really don't always have that luxury. Uh, you may be with your family, but the phone's going off. And one of the things that uh, there was a time when uh, you had gone on and tried and were assigned to another work unit, and I was filling in for you. And it was one thirty-three in the morning, and a patrol lieutenant called and said, "Hey, the traffic lights are out at this intersection." And I thought, "What in the world have I gotten into? Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm, I, I have no resources." And then you start to piece it together. But that's one of those things that you always handled. On the calls that came in at one thirty three you you never chastised people for calling, you never made them feel less than you always walked them through that, and you seem to have this knack for not just dealing with the problem or opportunity in front of you but looking down the road and trying to figure out the impact it would have not just for our department but for our career. So I guess it's a twofold question: Is that something that you intentionally had to develop that mindset, and did the hours take a toll i once again, I think I go back with what my my parents taught me. I, you know, I wasn't born in this country, and a lot of people don't know that about me. Um, my mom and my dad. Um, I came into this country and I was about seven or eight years old, and having parents who truly love this country and wanted to just show their gratitude for the opportunity they had here, they instilled that in me as well. And so I became an officer when I was twenty two years old, and I learned a lot, and I learned that we were all in it together. And whatever that looks like and however you help each other, you went through that road and you took that challenge together. And I've never forgotten that. And so even at 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm, you know, just waking up because I hear the phone ring and I answer it and I think, okay, I appreciate it. I remember that that's something they have to do because that's part of their job too and that's a notification that they must make and so I just take that into stride and try to go back to sleep or um, just you know not think about it too much because again we all have a job to do and we all have to remember that we play a role in whatever that is. Came with the territory. One of the interesting things working around you is you could always see when something came your way I don't know what to call it a problem but something was presented to you you always it's almost like we could see your your mind kick into gear yeah it was as though you said we're going to respond uh, to the immediate the long term and then how do we map out uh, a plan and it seemed like that was all happening at once is that a mindset that you just kind of naturally are gravitated towards or is that something that you got into this job and you're like I got to start trying to figure out the best protocol for me how did you develop that I will tell you that it's it's based on what the academy teaches you. So um, in LA, uh, it's a seven-month academy, and we are taught to be critical thinkers, to find solutions to that problem at that moment. At Phoenix, it's the same thing. It's it's part of police work. You're going to be focused on, you respond to something, you're going to have to figure it out. And again, sometimes handcuffs are not the answer. It could be a different resource that you're providing to somebody who needs a different resource or different help. And so having your mind focus on, hey, what can I give this person now? And what will that look for them in the future? And coming back and saying, did that work? And kind of, I know a lot of officers do this. They close the loop. 
they do go back to some of those residents. They do go back to some of those victims or even people that just happen to, you know, come across them and they needed some help. And they they know that that worked for them. And so to me, it's a trait that a lot of officers have because it's something that's taught to us. And it's something that we always go back to, regardless of what situation or what position or what you're doing. It's just the way that you adapt to that situation. For those who are not in law enforcement, we have on our left sleeve hash marks. Each hash mark represents four years of service. And you have numerous hash marks. (laughs) And I think people probably, when they see you, like, wow, I didn't realize you've been doing it that long. Now you have all these experiences over two different agencies, all this wisdom, all these lessons learned. But you're not just content to stay where you are. You've made the conscious decision to prepare for a process, and you're going to go out and you're going to promote again. What is your hope when you see the amazing men and women who are out there doing this job? What What do you want them to know? What do you want to bring to the field? I truly believe that we all matter. Um, the work that every single person, whether you have a year on or six months on and you just graduate from the academy, your work matters. And what you're doing matters. Um, you know, what you say matters. And to to your point, and having gone through a process to hopefully promote and, and God willing, everything works out, and I, I do get to promote to the position of lieutenant, I will tell you that I will go back to the field and I hope that I affect change on people who may not believe that they matter. And I hope that I'm able to have conversations with community that understands that our officers matter and that they themselves matter too. And that there, along the way, I, I heard someone say, sometimes we just speak different, a different language. Even though we, we're both speaking English, I think it's just the way that the words that we use, how we try to communicate. I think we could probably do that a lot better. And if I could be that for our officers, um, you know, at that lieutenant position, I will be more than happy to do that because I think it's only going to make us better. But, um, I will tell you that for 25 years for me, I loved the career for law, of law enforcement. I believe in it. I believe that we do the right thing. Um, yes, we sometimes do make mistakes. We're human. But all in all, I, I believe we have some really good intentions and that we're really just there to give um, to help someone. I love the fact that you didn't call it a job. Uh, you called it a career. And I think for you, and I, and I hope for me, uh, it's a calling. It's, it's something that you always felt led to do. But one of the things, you've been here a couple of times, but we've never asked you, what happened? When did you know, okay, uh, that's what I want to do? When did that occur to you? Such an interesting question. So when I was young, I, I wanted to join the military. And um, in high school, I thought, okay, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to go see a recruiter. Um, both my parents, um, you know, I think the highest education they ever had was maybe sixth grade. And they really didn't know what that meant for us as kids, you know, they didn't know that they should go speak to a counselor. They didn't know what, what a career path should be. And so I, we all, it was on us to kind of be mentored by great teachers. And I was lucky. I had some great mentors in high school. I remember to this day, there's a, uh, a corporate uh, young lady um, who worked for the gas company, and she really exposed me to what a career looked like for a woman. And so that really kind of stuck with me. And so I'm like, okay, I want to go to the military, see what that, you know, where that takes me. And life happens. Um, I graduated from high school. I, young, pregnant um, mom, I decided that the only choice I had was, did I want to leave my young baby with my parents while I was gone and try to figure that out? Or did I just want to maybe just look somewhere else? And 
I decided that my daughter was my responsibility and that I wanted to take that challenge on. And so I didn't sign up and I didn't go. And um, I thought, man, the next best thing is being an officer. And so I stayed there and 25 years later, here I am, and I have no regrets. It was well, the best choice that I ever made. And you're not close to done. Now, I'm, I'll get a little personal here. I've met your family, and I've told your kids this, um, and they are extremely proud of you, and I've told them you, you've made a difference because there's there's a difference between – and there's nothing wrong with it if you want to work 40 hours a week and leave work at work. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but you're, you're not wired that way. So you always go in and you always say, look, you know, I'm I'm a mom – I'm a community servant, uh, I'm a leader, uh, but I want to make this place better. And I'm sure that at all of our families at some point have seen the phone in our hands and thought, oh, work. But you seem to really have done a great job to let your family know they matter. So I've told your kids, your family, your parents, I've, I've met them all, and I've told them we're very proud of you. And I, and I'm, I know they're very proud. Uh, but the difference that you've made during these years in this role, you're certainly, I feel like we're talking about you like you're retiring and you're, you're not. <laughs> uh, you're just going on to a different level of leadership. So one of the questions I've never asked you in the minute we have left is when you do leave this career or even this position, what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, you know, I always, I always believe that every, all of us leave something behind and it's left to the people that knew us and that will continue on that path. And that I hope that it's a memory and that if I, taught them something or made them feel a certain way that they remember that and that's my legacy we appreciate uh truly what you've done for this career and what we really do need and you and i talk about all the time is uh there's some amazing men and women doing this job and our i think our our goal has always been to let the community know so uh, thank you for what you've done thank you for what you do but i'm excited for what you're going to do and the leadership that you're going to impart so um although she doesn't know what mercedes is going to start joining us on more regular broadcast (laughs) depending on her schedule so she'll be a future co-host so thank you to bonneville thank you to the listening audience thank you to your family mercedes and for all you do to serve and all you're going to do in the future until next week stay safe You've been listening to 5 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.